This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? This is Brandon with the TRT Community. I, first of all, really appreciate you listening today to All Things Testosterone. Um, This is my favorite interview yet. This is a bit of a hero of mine. He is the reason that I ended up starting TRT. Ultimately, he was the only resource um, that I really connected with whenever I was uh, doing the research, you know, six years ago or so. Uh, I, I love this guy, and I worked pretty hard to get an interview with him, honestly. We talk about that a little bit. Um, Just to you know, I, I've talked about him several times recently, um, so it shouldn't be a secret. It's Noah Thomas, Big No-No on YouTube. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend you check out his channel. It's Big No-No. Um, that's B-I-G-N-O-K-N-O-W. He's he's awesome. He's funny. He's high energy, um, super kind. really like him. He also does a channel with his dad. His dad's a pediatrician, so the same kind of energy and kindness carries over into that channel. Um, that's Paul Thomas, MD. Highly, highly, highly recommend you check them out. Both super nice guys. Um, in today's interview, we talked about his story. Uh, his TRT story is is really interesting. He, um, I don't want to spoil it, but um, his story and then a Vivitrol uh, injection that spiraled him into a depressive episode. Uh, we talked about Suboxone. Um, we talked about how he had similar issues with his primary care physician like I did and like many of you guys do. Um, with them not believing that his testosterone could be deficient at such a young age. He was 24, I think, whenever he started. Uh, We talked about um, managing protocol, manipulating protocols, that kind of thing. Um, Is less more, is more more. We talked about dosing, um, 400 milligrams uh, biweekly dosages. We talked about a little bit about diet. We talked about, um, you know, doing TRT with doctors that aren't educated, uh, whether or not he has ever done HCG. That was actually um, one of the TRT community members asked that question. Um, I asked him a bunch of questions about whether or not he would change anything if he could. We talked about his wife. We talked about vacations, uh, whether or not he's cheated on his TRT regimen. Um yeah, we talked a little bit about his addiction. So, um, super interesting topic. I really enjoyed it. I really hope to get to talk to him again. Um, I think he liked me. I think we'll we'll chat again. So anyway, let's jump into the interview. Um, before that, if you like the show, go ahead and subscribe and rate it, um, review it. Those are the types of things that really, really help us. If you're on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe and uh, hit that little bell icon so that you can keep seeing my beautiful face. Um, yeah, and join the uh, TRT community. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash TRT community. Uh, pretty cool collection of guys, you know, 14,000 or so, I think at this point, that are on TRT, considering TRT, that are just passing around good information and bouncing ideas off each other. Anyway, here is the interview. Noah Thomas, thanks for being here with me today. No, Brandon, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you, you finally tracked me down. <laughs> so for those that don't know you, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story and why you started TRT at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Noah Thomas. Uh, online, I'm known as Big No-No. And in 2011, I had a really big mental breakdown as a result uh, as a result of a uh, paradoxical reaction, they call it, to a medication known as Vivitrol. 
So I was battling addiction issues, um, and I was offered a medication that was supposed to help me with cravings. And I tried that medication, but I had a, a rare red tag reaction to it. Um, within about an hour or two, I started to feel confused, dazed, um, audit or visual issues, stuff like that. Uh, within three days, I had my first panic attack of my life, went into a major dangerous depressive episode shortly thereafter. I was 25 years old, um, couldn't work, had to move in with my parents. Uh, I lost about 30 pounds in the first 30 days after that reaction. Uh, fell into a condition known as depersonalization, derealization, panic disorder, uh, clinical depression, suicidal depression, black tar, stuff like that. Real bad. The, the sort of mental health problems that I sincerely didn't believe existed in the world. Um, and no one could have convinced me otherwise had I not experienced it myself. And more specifically to your question, fast forward about a year in that state, again, living back home with my parents, sleeping in a bed next to their bed. They had tried me at that point on psych medications, uh, everyone you could possibly think of, mismatches, cocktails, antipsychotics, off-label. Uh, they even actually, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but they put me on Suboxone for uh, a few days to see if... Um, this was uh, an addiction and specialist put me on this for a few days thinking it might wake up some of my receptors in my brain that had been dulled or hurt uh, from the medication, which is crazy. I forgot all about that. But to get back to your question, a year and a few months into a treatment-resistant depression with all the things I mentioned, uh, I was watching like an infomercial late at night at my parents' house. It said, uh, you know, men in your 40s, are you experiencing a loss in vitality, cognitive function, sexual pleasure, stuff like that? Uh, even though that was, I mean, I was experiencing all those things. I don't think I was the target demographic, but I took that information to my uh, general practitioner and said, is there any chance I have low testosterone? And he quickly said, no. He's like, you're 26 years old. I understand you've been depressed for about a year, but that can't be it. Long story long, I got a blood draw. And it revealed that I was really, really low. And he didn't buy that. So he had me do two or three other blood draws at different times of the day based on other factors, when I was eating, what, what, uh, how much sleep I'd gotten, things like that. And they all came back the same, extremely low. And boom, started my testosterone replacement therapy journey. Did you start with that, that PCP? I did. Uh, I, I started with him. And truthfully, he didn't have a lot of experience with testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, certainly no one my age. My blood draw was the lowest one was 150 nanograms per deciliter for my total. And I think my three, my free was like three or four. So it was, it was real, real low. So he just started me with what he knew, which was very, very little. I mean, yeah. knowing what I know now, which isn't anything super extensive. Uh, he over medicated me pretty extensively when I first started, but really, yeah, that's a really common story. Um, at least in our TRT community that guys go to their PCP and their PCP says, no, you're not, you're not low. Me, myself, you said, look at your beard. You know, there's no way that, that your testosterone's low. Right, so it, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of why, why we exist, because that, of that story. And it didn't seem to take you years to get dialed in, but a lot of guys never, never get there. And then they end up, you know, discontinuing treatment because their PCP just kind of screwed them up. Right. And, and, you know, using that word dialed in, that's a great word. Um, it actually took me longer to get dialed in than I realized, but that's just because I, I didn't know what to expect or how much better or more stable I might feel um, 
But yeah, it definitely is a trial and error process, and and there's a lot of things that go into figuring out the right regimen for you, and then what are the things you might need, doses, timing, frequency, perhaps an AI or something uh, to get it just right. I, I certainly was of the mindset that it, like more just equal better. Period. Yeah. I really thought that for a long time, and, and also, I mean, he started me on my first go around was 400 milligrams every two weeks. Oh yeah. So the famous two week protocol. Are you still on uh a two week protocol? No, no, no. no. I'm on twice a week protocol. Okay, good, good. Dialed in is kind of relative. I've had to change my protocol over the last five or six years many times. And sure, me too. Yeah, you definitely have. So I think a lot of guys use that term dialed in to think, you know, to say that they're done and they're, they're set for life. Would you agree that it is definitely something that takes constant manipulation and fine tuning and listening to your body to be able to successfully, you know, feel good? Yeah, there's just so many factors, right? There's certainly been a lot of factors in my life, and I'm still an absolute infant uh, in terms of learning curve for all of this stuff. So, you know, while I, I became like a, a almost internet poster child for the, the concept of doing it for a while there when I was making lots and lots of content on TRT, and now I just do some here or there. Uh, as far as what I formally knew, I mean, most of what I had to offer and basically still do have to offer is just anecdotal experience. I'm just being open about my experience, but um, I definitely know that how I felt on more is worse than how I felt on less. But I've also learned that what I'm eating, how I'm sleeping, how I'm managing stress, I mean, how other hormonal functions in my body are working, they all 100% influence, you know, the, the whole TRT protocol. So it's, yeah. it's been really, really interesting to me to to go back and forth with it. And um, like you said, get dialed in. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where just to each his own, you're going to have to be really, really patient and figure out what's best for you. Definitely. With the um, the less is more mentality, where do you keep your trough? Are you like in the five to seven hundred range, or so? My most recent um, my most recent blood draw on my trough day because now we're doing twice a week, right? So three and a half days into it, I was around I think five hundred or six hundred total, and like one thirty free, yeah. I believe. And I'm almost certain that's what it was. Uh, and I feel great. Yeah. I feel great with this twice a week thing, lowering me down to, I end up now I'm on, um, 120 milligrams a week split into three ML or 0.3 ML injections every, uh, every three and a half days. I, this is the best I've ever felt on TRT. Yeah. So um, I was really grateful to get talked back into twice a week pinning. That's right where I like to keep myself, the numbers. And, you know, I find that I, I don't feel any better at 1200. I just get a lot yeah. more side effects. You know, I don't get right. any, you know, physical or, or mental benefit from it. It's just, I'm taking AI and I'm doing uh doxycycline for acne and it's just kind of mm. a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that was a tough thing for me to just accept, I guess, is that I, yeah, more is not necessarily better at all. It's all yeah. about blood work, symptom relief, and side effect, side effect profile. Like you said, I had massive acne when I first started, and that, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I still can't believe he started me on as much as he did. <laughs> um, it's wild to me to think about someone pinning, you know, never been on TRT, and, and they're just putting 400 milligrams yeah. all at once with no AIs and, and no uh, – they didn't – he had no backstory on my diet or my sleep or yeah. other medications I was taking. And but he I digress. he didn't even know enough to say, buckle up, this is going to be oh. a roller coaster. 
Absolutely. No, not at all. Not at all. He just he just was willing to start the process, but everything else was trial by fire, I must say. Although, you know what, I was happy to to start that journey. I was in a really, really bad place when I started. So um, it's taken a while to, to you know, a long, long while to really feel like I found my absolute groove with this whole thing. But uh, yeah, well worth the journey. One of our TRT community members was curious if you had ever used HCG. I I think you have. You've talked about it on video, but are you are you have you? So I haven't. I was supposed to start it, <laughs> uh, and I never did. I never did. I just got scared at the idea of. And you know what? Truthfully, I, I still deal with a lot of anxiety about about introducing anything uh, new. So. Um, so no, I, I was had it prescribed, and then I wound up just spooking myself out of not starting it. Yeah, and that would you know you're years into it at this point, and you would definitely yeah. have to redial you know in order to. Yeah, I can I can see why that would why you'd be hesitant. It, you might feel a lot better though. I, I've heard I, I know that it's it's something that needs to happen, and um, I because of that Vivitrol injection, right, the medication that I had that paradoxical reaction to, because it was injectable. There's just something about putting something that's not naturally in me, in me, just, it just freaks me out. It hits a real raw trauma for me. And, um, and and it's something I'm going to have to work over because I I certainly would like to at least have the, the, the possibility of of having kids. And I don't even know if my, my boys can be woken up at this point. I know that I have no active sperm. Uh, I know that they've been shut down exogenously for like five, six years now. So I don't know what the reality is there, but I really would like to give it a shot. Yeah. I really would like to give it a shot. Speaking of, uh, you know, waking up, I saw a video recently and it was a while back, but, uh, is it Dr. Zeflin? Zeflin? Zelfan. Zelfan. Okay. Um, she mentioned that one of the reasons that you may be lowering your dose is because you could be, what did she say? Waking up your receptor sites and that's why you're requiring less testosterone. I, that kind of blew my mind. Like the idea of that being possible. Has she got, has she explored that anymore? Well, she's not my doctor anymore. Um, she she had to close her practice, and so I now I'm in the care of a, another really great guy. But you know, I, I I think the reason she was trying to explore that as a theoretical possibility for me was just based on the hypothesis that when I took that Vivitrol injection, which the active ingredient in that was naltrexone, when that happened, we think it shut down a certain aspect of my pituitary function and my hypothalamus communication to my pituitary. Uh, and so there were a lot of hormones that were dysregulated or deregulated or, or whatever based on on how my brain responded to that foreign substance. And so it has been, even to me, it's been pretty curious that my numbers now uh, taking 120 milligrams a week are just as high as they were three or four years ago, taking 200. Uh, so I'm almost half the dose I was then with the exact same numbers. But there, of course, as you know, or you can imagine, like all of this stuff, it, it invites so much room for for individual uh, markers or individual factors, let's just yeah. say, from and from everything, you know, from like the, the basics like sleep, diet, water, um, all that stuff to just the way our bodies change and the hormones change and, and the aging process and, and then all the stuff we can't even possibly be sure of, which is what happened to my brain when I had that breakdown, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been pleased, though, that I, I've been able to go down and, and feel better. Yeah, so that's always good. Would you change anything about, you know, your breakdown and everything or, or do you feel better now than you did before that? 
You're just going to throw a home. You're going to throw a home run at me, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you do it differently if you had the ability, or you know, you know, I have this like altruistic part of me that says, um, you know, that, that genuinely feels that no, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. It made me the man I am today, and and, uh, and I do have a really good life. And um, you know, it, some of the cliches we all hear growing up. Uh, end up being true and uh, they've been true in my experience like you know forged in fire and uh you know you have to know pain in order to appreciate uh pleasure and all that stuff and and while those things are true uh, if someone said i could snap my fingers and go back to before i took that shot and not suffer the way that i suffered um i i can't be certain that i wouldn't snap i would take that snap and i would lose all my my current life you know i'm mentally stable i'm financially stable um i have a successful online business uh, I, i'm a wonderful wife of a home i'm i'm incredibly blessed but that suffering was so bad um that i still get nightmares from it you know i still get legitimate i still struggle with the fact that it happened because it just took so long so um i think i would endure because i've been able to not only am i grateful that my own life has finally leveled out uh, in many ways not that it's perfect but it's certainly wonderful um but i've been able to impact a lot of people's lives just by sharing my story not not for any particular special reason other than i've been willing to talk to incredible people and i like knowing that i didn't suffer in vain and that other people's stories have impacted me and in mine has been able to offer at least some hope to others so so, damn it, I guess technically no. <laughs> I, I, I guess I would let it all happen uh, the way it did, but it would be awful tempting um, to not have to go through that because that hurt. That yeah. hurt more than I could ever explain. Not even being you, obviously, I can't imagine what your life would look like you know, without the businesses, the YouTube, the community that you've built. I mean, I, I feel a really, a really strong personal connection to you because of the vulnerability that you've expressed over the years. And, you know, you, like I think I said this uh, before we were recording, but you were the first and really only person that I found and connected with um, that helped me decide to start TRT. So I can't imagine what would have happened to me had you had the ability to go back and not take the injection and avoid all of this. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. And I, I actually, I appreciate that. And, um, uh, and yeah, now you now look at all the people you're helping, you know, um, stem from your own experiences. So it's all pretty cool how that works. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know your story particularly well, but, uh, but I'd love to learn about it, but it, you, I'm, I'm sure you have your own suffering to tell and no one, no one does that part for you, you know? Yeah. So being on the other side of it, even to an extent is a beautiful thing, but, um, yeah, but the part in between is it's bad. <laughs> it's hard. My story is not nearly as interesting or profound as yours. You know, I'm just the typical woke up and, and was fatigued and mental and brain fog and lost ambition. And, you know, I mean, I, it's not nearly as impactful. Nah, it, and, it's all relative. It's all yeah, relative. Yeah. But if we were a multi-level marketing company, I would be your downline for sure. Like, <laughs> Uh, a lot hey, of guys right now, right? I get to be on here, which is cool. A lot of guys uh, in our community know you and and followed you, so I, I do really appreciate you talking to me. And I haven't heard you or seen you interviewed anywhere else. Do you do this often or ever? Um, I, I've done three or four of these, but uh, not not terribly often, you know. And a lot of it, and you can speak. You can be blunt about this, but a lot of it has nothing to do with people not reaching out and trying. I'm just tough to get onto these sort of things for some reason. And it's not because I'm too big for my britches. I, I swear it's it's not because I think I'm anything special or my time's worth more than others. I just 
I don't know, man. I, the way I process life and how I, I try to do things, I, someone has to be really, really persistent to, yeah. to get a hold of me, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just a thing. It's <laughs> I, just a thing. And you were very, you were persistent. And, and then once someone's persistent enough, I, I sort of take a peek a little harder. Um, and then I can, I can be brought into these sort of things, but, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just a pain in the ass in that way. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I, I, my, uh, my wife struggles with depression and also addiction. So maybe that's why I've, you know, feel so connected to you. But do you think that that persistence is necessary because of depression or is it just another way that you function in a more positive way? What do you mean by that exactly? About being just like difficult to, yeah, to... the way you live your life. It's a great question. Um, I, I think depression definitely plays into it or at least, you know, even what's, what's interesting is even like, I'm not currently depressed. Um, I've had, I was telling my wife, I think this may be the most stable six, seven weeks I've ever experienced since I had my breakdown. Um, I went through what I now believe was a situational two and a half month depressive episode, uh, just from about April, May to like mid June, let's say or early June. Um, and, uh, I think though, having experienced depression, in a very, very, very severe way for about a year and a half. And then coming to terms with the fact that I was actually battling some anxiety and depression before that, and I certainly have battled it since then. It may not have been, uh, knock on wood, as severe, but the underlying qualities of depression um, that make it that I just feel that I'm a big part of me understands part of my survival has been understanding what I can and cannot handle and making sure that nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing comes in the way from me doing non-negotiable core self-care survival stuff. And so I think once I got really used to those things and I decided nothing was worth getting interrupted uh, for what I need to do to, to be able to thrive, you know, thrive while I'm stable and then survive when I'm not stable, it sort of has embedded in me perhaps now, and you know, this is something I need to look at, perhaps some, some habits or some characteristics that, that don't serve me as well anymore. But, uh, but I kind of protect commitments and that, um, I can bring value to it or as long as I feel certain that, um, I can hold my end of the deal, uh, and, and do a good job and be worth, worth, uh, pursuing, I guess. Uh, that was sort of a long way of explaining <laughs> that I just, I probably should, I probably should get, do a little bit better about not being so difficult to get a hold of. Well, and you know, because of how I know my wife is when she's depressed, I, I assumed that that just meant that you were doing terribly. You know, I was, I was, was worried about you, Noah. I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, and just because that's my experience with her, you know, she just kind of shuts down and she can't, she can't really function outside of, I guess, like you're saying the, the non-negotiable things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just assumed that that was kind of a marker of how you yeah, were that- doing. That's a great assumption, um, and that's actually almost always true, although, like, right now I'm super stable, and I can still be a little bit difficult to get a hold of. But, you know, another part of that is just, um, just you know, I'm busy. Uh, I just have a busy life, and sometimes I just need a little extra, a little extra. hey, I'm over here <laughs> trying, to, trying to reach you sort of thing, to be like, oh, yeah, let me, let me get back to that. Yeah. Um, but I certainly wouldn't want anyone to, like, you know, it's something I know I clearly want to work on because I hate the idea that someone thinks that that uh, I wouldn't value someone else's time for for any given situation, which isn't the case. I'm just just perfectly human, I guess. I definitely wouldn't, you know, didn't think that you weren't valuing my time, but I will say that 
uh, I was talking to my wife about this last night. Having so lots of things are happening with with my business and the TRT community this year. Um, sure. However, I haven't really felt like I made it until you agreed to come on and talk with me. Like <laughs> that, that is like I feel like I am up here now, and this is the highlight of my year for sure. Oh, that's cool. I hope I'm just a baby stepping stone to to much bigger, <laughs> better, more influential people than myself. But that's cool. Let me see. Um, oh, so. I had no idea. So, okay, let me back up. Your Patreon channel talks about you wanting to pursue YouTube full-time, making right. content. Um, and then I noticed that you, you're you producing your dad's channel, Dr. Dr. Paul, right? Right. I mean, I started that at the same time as mine, yeah. Okay, so he's become quite the phenomenon over a, a million. Oh, yeah. So is that, are you doing that full-time? It seems like y'all are pumping out content. I thought maybe you'd be 40 hours a week. Yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely full time uh, now with with just YouTube. The Patreon thing, God, that's a that is a sore subject. I need to do something about that ASAP. Um, I split everything with my dad down the middle with with the with the big YouTube channel that we started together. I went to him like six months after I started my own, and and I just said, hey, I, I need a hobby. I need something to do. Would you please let me put you online? And yeah, that channel is thriving. It's doing so so well. And we split everything fifty fifty. And I'd say for the past year. Um, I've been able to to live just working on YouTube uh, exclusively between the two channels, which has been which has been really cool. That's which is awesome. why I need to restructure and renegotiate the the Patreon thing because when I started it, I I was definitely not quite there, and I'm trying to get there. But that's exciting though that you're able to do it full time. And yeah, you, your dad, cool. you know, I he's a pediatrician, so I'm not necessarily into. I like medical videos, but not necessarily sure. children, but his, just like you, like y'all are just infectious, your personalities, <laughs> he's, he seems so kind and genuine and, and funny. I just, I found myself lost within, you know, the past month or so, just diving into those videos. They're really cool. That's fun. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. He's, he's a, a, a such a dork in, in, in all the best <laughs> ways possible and all the best ways possible. Uh, so I've been, I've been so happy that uh, that the internet has has liked him as much as we all love and like him. So, get a random question for you. Sure. How's your wife after the dog attack? She's doing much better. She's doing much much better. Uh, she she went through a full treatment. So yes. Yeah, so she was attacked by a dog working as an independent contractor through WAG. It was a really brutal attack. I made a couple of YouTube videos about it just because I didn't know what else to do. That's just sort of my knee jerk reaction now to anything. Um, and yeah, she suffered some deep puncture wounds and beyond that, some mental and emotional trauma. She'd never been, uh, injured before, you know, so she, she's definitely starting to do better as much as I am, am just akin to open up and communicate and share because I just, I want help, you know, and I'm open to help and I'm scared to not get it. My wife's the opposite. You know, she has to be in a, quite a bit of pain, um, to be able to express herself and, and talk about how she's feeling. So it's been cool to see her open up and be more vulnerable since that whole thing happened. But yeah, she's doing better. I mean, time, uh, time tends to heal and sure. time plus action, you know, almost exclusively heals. So she's doing better. Thanks for asking. Did WAG ever take any action? I know when you first, when it first happened, they were basically just saying, sorry about your bad luck, but did they ever, anything ever happen? So we are, uh, perf- what do you call it? We are pursuing legal routes, um, in which I can't sure. disclose I get at this it. time. I get but okay. uh, but we, we do have legal representation that is is, is helping us to um, to try to come to some sort of uh, closure with that, you know, or, or create some sort of settlement or whatever. Yeah. But uh, but I can't express the details. Other sure. than we're trying, but um, 
Yeah. I'll take that. I'm, I'm just happy that somebody is going to do something, you know, and I think in one of your videos, you said that they weren't even going to remove the dog from their program. Yeah. You know? they, they, they hadn't at that time. Yeah. The, uh, they're going to leave it up to the owner's discretion, uh, because, uh, they couldn't verify if whose fault it all was and all that stuff. That's so crazy. It, was, it was very, it was a troubling random experience. What do you mean? Whose fault? It's a dog yeah. and it attacked a person. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was a thing. And you know what? Speaking to like having a, uh, an online platform because of that, we've raised not a ton of awareness, but um, but I'm not allowed to make any more videos about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, we you know a few hundred thousand views of people that at least can be more careful, and that's the power of social media anyway, right? Is um, it's just to be able to to share and, and hopefully you say something that gets to the right person. Sure. So. Another random question for you. Please. On your recent trip to Pike Place, did you visit the fish market? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm such a cliche tourist sort of person when I go <laughs> anywhere. I absolutely went to Pike's Place, and I wanted to see them throw the fish, and I just <laughs> wanted to be right in the fray. So, yeah, I, I went, and I'm a, I'm a sort of Jesse might be more interested in like nuanced things in big cities. I'm like, take me to where everyone is. Like, I just want, I don't want to miss something that everyone's already done. So. Yeah, yeah. Was so that, I went and it was, it was fun. I uh, I had never never heard of that before, and I didn't know if they were still doing it or not. But some in my day job, they came to us and they're like, "Hey, leadership, we want you to watch this video." And it was the guys throwing the fish, and it was about yeah. how they have you know how can we implement these types of you know liter- not not literally throwing the fish, but figuratively throwing yeah. the fish in our you know nine to five. And I I thought it was really cool. And then I heard yeah. later that the owner. Um, sold the company to all of the employees or something that now oh, cool. the employees own it. Yeah. So I just, that kind of stuck with me. And then when I saw that you had gone, I was like, I have to ask if he, if he went there. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I'm not big. I'm not above anything like that. I, want, <laughs> I just wanted this. I mean, I saw it in movies growing up, you know, so um, I, the energy, I mean, like I'm an energy person and the energy in that, like in Pike's place, fish mart is just so it's infectious. It's just really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's fun to be around people. So excited to see something, I guess. I've got one more question. This is going to be a tough one. Okay. I'm ready. What's, what's one question that I should have asked you, but didn't. Uh, I mean, I suppose for the sake of entertainment or for your listeners, um, I suppose you could have brought up, um, you know, however, like, have I ever cheated on my, my TRT regiment? Have I ever lied about any of my protocols online? Um, what's going on with me and addiction? I mean, I was trying to think of what, if I were listening, like, what the hell would I want to hear? Yeah. You'd be like, can't ask me that. Here's Maybe the problem. Something like that. Knowing, you know, following you for so long, I could, I can have this run six hours. So, you know, <laughs> I wanted to, wanted to get in and kind of introduce those that don't know you. Um, to you and then my hope is that we get to talk again in the future so that we can yeah, fill like that, that six hour quota um but yeah. yeah answer answer those have you ever cheated on your trt regimen absolutely yeah absolutely like to, to make gains yes absolutely uh or, well see cheated it's 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 fun i've never taken i've had I've been slow to shift down how about that so one of the things that was really tough about having low testosterone as soon as the mental health showed even a flickering of improvement, one of the things that was really hard about having low T, as any guy with low T would know, or will find out, hopefully if they go get blood work and at least find out how they're doing hormonally speaking, is that you've got no energy, no vitality, and then your body just does not respond to exercise. So I grew up 
working out and being a part of team sports my whole life. I wrestled, I played rugby, I ran track, I did basketball. Uh, I just got to enjoy, grew up in the team sport culture and I wrestled and I did, I did rugby and uh, I played basketball and I sprinted. I just had a lot of fun with that. And I, I knew what it was like to, to have your body respond to fitness and training. And it's just, it's very energy provoking. It makes you feel good about yourself or whatever. And, um, and then I got low T right. And, I, I couldn't do anything. I could barely get out of bed. Um, I, I I was flaccid, right? I had like no erectile function. I, I didn't matter if I worked out or not. I had a, a soft adipose, you know, I just had soft tissue all over. I couldn't get my body to respond to training because I had no energy. I had no testosterone. I just had none of that. So when I first got on the TRT, it was definitely 100% from the bottom of my heart for mental health problems. And I'll, I'll always make sure people understand that because I think when you go in for any other reason, it's a slippery slope. But I'd, I'd be lying if I said it didn't feel good to finally be able to build some muscle and burn some fat and feel strong again and all those things. And so the first time they lowered me, the very, very first time they were like, hey, man, your blood work, it's its now too high. It once wasn't, but it now is. We have to lower you. When I say I cheated on my dose, I'll say that it probably took me a month or two months to finally listen to my doctor and go down. Yeah. But I was supposed to have gone down a month or two before. So I never took more. I just struggled to take less for a while. But then every time I finally just surrendered to the process, remembered what I was doing, why I was doing it, what was really important or whatever, I felt better. I always yeah. felt better. And we sort of reinforce the behavior to be like, hey, do what's best and let everything else fall where it's supposed to, you know. Um, but you ended up, I built like an online persona, like I'm big no-no. I don't want to look like little no-no or something. <laughs> childish, childish stuff, truly. Ju- juvenile thinking. Um, but I have struggled to lower my dose when, when I was told to. Yeah. And then eventually I always do. But you never saved it up and then blasted, you know, for no, a time. No, that I've never done. And, and the reason I never did that is not because I wasn't curious, but I was too afraid of what might happen mentally yeah. uh, to me if I did stuff like that. And that's always, always been the number one priority. My behavior might not reflect it uh, on like a case-by-case basis, but as an aggregate of everything – I just, like many of us who are not doing well, I just don't want to hurt. You know, I don't want to be in pain anymore, so to speak. And so I always I had too much anxiety and fear of like, if I did save up and ran like a gram or something like that uh, a week or whatever, like I've read up on what cycles people are doing, <laughs> what would that, what might that do to my brain? You know, could I have a paradoxical reaction or something? Yeah. So, so no, I never did that, but I've always wondered what it would be like. You, um, you mentioned Vivid. Is it Vivitrol? Was that the injection that started it all for you? Yeah, Vivitrol is like the company brand name, the the active ingredients, naltrexone. Is that the that's the opiate thing, right? It is. Okay. Yeah, but off label, it's for uh, alcoholics as well. Okay, and I'm yeah. assuming you were taking it for the alcohol. I was. I just come out of rehab and I relapsed. And upon that relapse, uh, my my dad actually was like, he's the, he's got an addiction clinic. He's like, I've got one of these shots. I'll give it to you. Uh, and he put a lot of pressure on me to do that. Whole another side story there. Did man? I, he probably felt terrible, right? Like he oh, had no oh, way to know. Yeah, no, no, because no. he treated many patients with yeah. it. Um, and and but it's in there. It's in the back of the pamphlet. There's a point zero five percent chance of a suicidal depression. You're like the second uh, guy ever, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's very rare. It's very rare. That's Love crazy. being special. <laughs> yeah, they they brought that up for my wife at one point, and I, I panicked. You know, I thought, you know, uh, <sighs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll never. I mean, everyone's got to do what they have to do, but it's, I don't believe it's worth the risk. But um, but I'm not qualified to assess anyone else. You know, right? 
Well, I think that's all I've got for this yeah. time. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna. I really appreciate you coming on and your time, and yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I've been really happy to be here. You've got a you've got a nice way about you, very easy to talk to. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you for being you, and I'm, I'm definitely happy to be here. I hope someone hears something here that um, that can be useful to them. You know, awesome. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase. Shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 2nd, 2023. See associate for details.